Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. This has been a blustery, wet, snowy, rainy week. It's been good for the forest. They needed that. Things were really dry. In fact, our planting crew, I was talking to them, going, okay, what's it like out there? How's the soil? How wet is it? And they had a very large planting they were putting in for a customer, I think, here in Prescott. And they could not plant one of the Vanderwolf pines. It was the spot that it was going into in the ground was so wet, the hole was filling up with water. And Vanderwolf pines, they do not like really soggy, wet feet. And so they came back the next day, had, had it dried out, and were, they were able to maneuver that plant to where the roots could be out of the ground a little bit. They just mounded a slight mound to get those roots out of that water. But the ground was wet, saturated. That's great. The plants, your forest, need that. That's what mitigates a lot of the uh, natural fire hazards that happen. Uh, that's what rehydrates, keeps your plants from being burned, from being winter killed or tip burned. So it's good for that landscape. So this was a very wet had a couple systems come through in the in the last week. It's been wonderful. We just stay indoors and uh, you know sip more tea, bake cookies, breads. I think Lisa and I baked two loaves of bread this week. It's just nothing like coming home and smelling bread roasting in the oven. Oh, they're just my mouth just watered. It just it just feels right. And so last week I had written an article. On, on how to prune back perennials. So a lot of the perennials got, they're laying over now. They look pretty bad. And so they were burned off a couple weeks ago. So the frost and the freeze had turned them black or mushy or had, they've died back naturally back to the ground. And perennials, uh, you start to cut those things back. And I went, here's, here's which ones you cut back and which ones you really want to wait to prune back. So really, your roses, don't prune them back yet. They benefit from having that structure protect and insulate the, the core or the heart of that plant, where the graft is, where most roses are, are grafted. You'd want to keep the frost off of those. So you wait. You, you prune those back, at least in the mountains of Arizona, you prune those back in the month of March. I find that my salvia gregii, uh, the autumn sage, is best waiting to to prune those back until spring late winter you know wait till after you know late february march it's ideal if it's a real young variety or some of these brand new introductions new colors like they've now got ignition purple and apricots and it's way more than the traditional red autumn sage now they look they're they're kind of twiggy right now but those twig, that structure over top of the heart of that, where, where that plant is coming out, that will help protect, insulate that course. If we really get wet, really get cold, and you just don't know what the remainder of winter will have for us, it's best to keep that structure up to help protect it. Now, it's, herb, it's a herbaceous perennial. That is, it will come back from the actual 
uh, branches is what that means. It doesn't die right back to the ground. It just defoliates, and it looks kind of, it's hard to even see it's in the landscape. It's just there, a bunch of twigs coming up out of the ground. Most of those will come back for you most winters. But if it really goes, some, some years, if it goes sub-zero, uh, it'll direct right back to the ground like a traditional perennial will. So perennial flowers, they die back to the ground, to the roots under the ground, and they just hibernate underground. And they'll come back fresh next spring from that root structure. The crowns will start coming back up. Uh, there are some perennial varieties of lantana that will die back to the ground, that just come back fully, fresh new plant from the root structure every year. There's some hibiscus or, or um, uh, mosquitoes hibiscus. It's a flower like you'd see in Hawaii, huge, it's bigger than your hand. And But this variety, to get to really come back for, for in the gardens, it will actually die right back to the roots, and there's just a bunch of dead twigs there. And so you cut those things back. And so I put together an article, a column on nothing but here's which ones to prune back now and why especially now i know some of you are, are tuned in this is from all over the state uh, some of you are tuned in it's still snow in the back in, in the backyard you you can't get to the gardens yet well this is one you know pocket it file it away keep an electronic file on it and and pull it up later when the snow melts and it will pull it and prune at your leisure you don't have to get it done immediately this week i've just been pecking away at at my gardens I don't make a big bird. Of, I don't. I'm not a. I don't make a big process out of it. I want to go outside, get some fresh air, and I'll take this raised bed. I'll, go, I'll prune this one up. That's good. Good enough for today. Tomorrow I'm go. I'll do some more. Uh, so don't feel rushed. But but some of these should be pruned back by the end of the year at least. So you got a month. Pick a nice day. When it's bright and sunny, and just prune those back. That's good enough for for today. By the end of the year, especially those things that were diseased, if it had mildew, you had a bunch of aphids, if that perennial bed or that perennial plant had some issues, it's important to prune those things back to the ground and then dispose of that those clippings, that, that prune. Don't, don't compost those. Throw them in the dumpster, in your trash can. Burn them, if, whatever you, bury them. But don't have them out in the yard. That spore comes back and reinfects that plant, and then other parts of the gardens. So you really want to expose that ground and expose that that structure of that plant, that part of the garden, to the cold, to the wet, to the freezing temperatures of winter, and it will get rid of a lot of the problems. So you're resetting back to zero, especially those plants that have some serious issues. I would say your shade gardens, you tend to, depending on what the summer rains, monsoons do to you. You can really have mildew spots. Leaf spot was terrible this year. I haven't seen anything like it. It was that wet winter last year and then wet spring caused all these leaf diseases. If you had, if you struggled with that, it's important to prune those things back earlier rather than waiting till February, March to prune back. So some things prefer. So I went through that. I won't Go over the whole list with you here. You can download it yourself. It's uh, watersgardencenter.com. If you didn't see it in the Daily Courier, Prescott E! News, Signals AZ, and a host of other places, you're not part of the Waters Garden Club. That's where that is. that goes out to. Uh, download it, watersgardencenter.com. It's right there. 
Uh, it's the look at under blog. It's the top post. It's available for you, but it's time. So, what tool is best to prune back your perennials? These flower beds, that kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter. Some of them I prune back with my electric hedgers. I've got some battery operated forty volt. Roby hedgers that I just use. Yes, I hedge with them, but I also get real close to the ground. I just prune it back. Works great on yarrow. Works great on uh, um, catmint and some of these others. I've also, believe it or not, this is going to be a little brutal. I will use a lawnmower. If I can get my electric lawnmower down, I mean, I use it to prune back my thyme lawn. I don't actually have a lawn, but I've got creeping thyme that I've created into a lawn type effect. It works really great. I put it on the highest setting, mow it right over, and go, fine, we're done. Uh, my gardens, I actually leave the mulch on top if it's not diseased. So if it's diseased, I'll rake those clippings up, and I'll throw them away. Um, if, it's a, if it's in an area where you've got a lot of rock lawn, and you just it looks bad to have a bunch of mulched up, chopped up uh, leaves from that old leaves, uh, branches and stems, Looks, rake it up, add it to the compost pile, use it where you want. If it's disease or it had insects, though, those insects are still there. They laid eggs last year, and they're going to come back next year. They're in the leaf litter down below. They're hanging out down below. That's why you want to cut that back and open up that plant or that part of the garden so they're exposed to more cold than they would be otherwise, and it kills them off kills the egg, gets rid of the eggs. Gets, just trust me, it's going to save you a whole lot of work here in two, three months when spring hits. Yeah, they're going to come right back at you. Got a lot in store for you this segment. But until then, stay tuned. We've got Lisa Waters laying in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. (coughs) Did you know that plants can help you sleep better naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this. Some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep. Rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Prescott Alberta spruce. This perfectly shaped tree displays dense green needles which are as soft as a teddy bear. The perfect front yard Christmas tree for holiday lighting and oh, so beautiful when matched in pairs at the front door. Hand-grown, these are perfectly shaped and sized for home accents and just $69. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love twinkly little Christmas trees, they love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are other gardeners talking about? We just wanted to share that with you on the airwaves. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. This has been a a, a wintry, cold, wet <laughs> week. It has been. Hmm. Yeah. 
typical Prescott weather. You never know what you're going to get. It's not fun owning a garden center when it's raining and snowing outside. I can t- say that because my shoulder's a little sore from s- shoveling all that snow. <laughs> we're building raised beds. We're kind of under construction. Got new projects going on. Getting ready for the first spring plants that show up. And that, yep. We usually start shipping 2020 plants into January, February. So it just builds up. You want to bring things in before they wake up. Mm-hmm. In the season. So it's been a busy week. Right. Yeah. We're getting things ready. We got the whole center of the garden center kind of torn up right now. <laughs> Don't invite your insurance agent to come see what you're doing. Cause there's a trip and fall hazard every place. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's, but it'll be fun. It's always interesting to see how we set up differently. Yep. How, things that we, nothing ever stays the same. No, here, I wish it would that. sometimes, but no, it doesn't. No. Life would be boring. Yeah. This is all about garden questions though. Is anything it interesting is. going on? Well, from that storm we had last week, yeah. we have, had so many customers come in and so many questions over the phone. There was just a lot of damage from that storm. And I think a lot of it, some of it was the wind, just that horrible, horrible wind. One of our customers was telling me he has a wrought iron chair, a long lounge chair, sat up on his second, on a deck off the second floor. It blew off the deck. Oh, over the railing and <laughs> off the, the iron. You're kidding me. Yeah. It was ferocious. Mm-hmm. I mean, it laid the whole nursery down. Yeah. And then it snowed. I mean, it laid all those uh, privacy yes. screen, junipers, cypress, Arizona, mm-hmm. cypress. Just We've all this, this entire section of privacy screen plants, evergreens that grow upright, not very wide. And it just laid them all down mm-hmm. to untie them. I mean, it just like whipped them a new one. They're, now they're on top of each other like at Domino's. <laughs> and then it snows. And then it snows. <laughs> we have to go bury, unbury them. And they were fine. Yeah. But normally they'd stand up straight. It would snow. Right. And there's like right. no work. They just kind of let all the snow off of them. Mm-hmm. So it was just more work this week yeah. because of the wind Definitely. more than the snow. So a lot of our questions deal with that. Our first one is from Marilyn. She had a large, older golden arborvitae yeah. that really suffered in this last storm. It got separated. And many oh. of the branches were broken in it. She wants to know, will it recover? And is there anything she can do in the future to prevent the same kind of damage? Yeah, so this storm, it was windy, yes. So the wind could have broken that. So Arborvita, it's a nice evergreen. They're very hardy. They grow, they'll go down to minus 40 degrees, not the cold, but they grow in multiple branches. So the this big ball, you know, 8 by 8 or 10 by 10, evergreen ball, um, just it's, they're beautiful, but there's not one trunk, there's multiples. And sometimes that snow lights on it and then the branches can't hold all that weight of that snow. It's just a really heavy snow. So it just lays over the different branches, lay open. And then if it's bad enough, it'll break those off. If that branch is broken, it's not going to heal itself. The only way out of that is to actually cut it off, to prune it out, to cut it back. When you get done, you'll... Just see what the shape looks like, and if the shape isn't good, it's ruined. It's just there's no way to recover from that. Um, if if a large, let's say, Deodore cedar, Arizona cypress, uh, spruce aren't as bad, uh, but, but some of these faster-growing evergreens, they have a central leader, and sometimes it'll load up and lay over. If it's laid over, you can you can stake that back up, mm-hmm. and it, it will recover just fine. If it broke... 
mm-hmm. when it's laying over, it won't recover. And that's and I hate to tell folks that, right. but this this storm caused a lot of breakage. I mean, I mean, terrible breakage, mm-hmm. and some of the trees won't recover. If you're just not sure, fertilize them with the all-purpose plant food. It's an organic, granular food we put together. Evergreens love it. And so fertilize those, prune it up, fertilize it, and see what the new growth is next spring. You'll know by middle of April whether it's going to be something you can live with or you're just going to cringe every time you look at it. Now it looks broken and mangy and just decrepit for the rest of its life, Mm -hmm. probably. Or it'll be a decade before it grows back to what it was or what Mm -hmm. it could be. So. Now, would you recommend doing uh, more of a preventative type thing if you have oh, a lot of those in your yard? Sure. Is there a way to, to tie yeah. them up? What and- they do in the Midwest where they have a whole lot of snow, though, this was unusual for us. Mm-hmm. Had this heavy, it, was, it wasn't just the amount of snow, it wasn't <laughs> the snow. It was just so incredibly heavy. It was a yes. wet, wet snow. Mm-hmm. And so that's what caused the damage. In the Midwest, where they just get lots and lots of snow, I mean, footage of snow, they'll take these arborvita. Uh, some of the some of the uh, uh, multi sim junipers that kind of stuff, and they'll take tie tape, and they'll just wrap it around the multiple inside the trunks. So they'll just mm-hmm. wrap all the trunks together. Now it's they're helping each other to stay upright, and so they won't collapse under the weight. Mm-hmm. That may not help you with the wind. It actually might hurt you with the wind because yeah. now it can't. It's bending the whole thing over. Yeah. I mean, trees are blowing. I mean, big branches are blowing off. Yeah. Uh, if that happened. Shave them and we get, mm-hmm. prune them back so it's a clean cut. A nice clean cut heals faster. Uh, or and some things actually blew out of the ground. I mean, they just literally yeah, fell over. Yeah, that's what happened to Dave. Oh. He had that was one of the other the questions. Figures. So Dave had an Arizona cypress it's been in the ground. He said five to seven years. The whole thing went over. Yeah. You know, roots up thing over. Yeah. So his question was, if you can get it back upright into the hole and get it staked, do you think it'll be viable? Yes, it's worth a try. And, and again, you'll know by April. I mean, if you've got it, you've spent eight years with this thing, four years, however long Dave was, was, was you getting that to grow. Um, it's worthwhile. Stake it back up, mulch the roots, come in and get some premium mulch or potting mm-hmm. soil, put it over top, incur- fertilize it, encourage new roots to grow. And then I, we actually have there's probably enough growing season left. We have a, a root and grow product. It's an organic composted tea kind of product that really helps plants send off new root hairs. I would do that right away, drench the roots right away. Then I would do it again next March, maybe again next April with that root and grow. That will help it to root out, send off new root hairs. You'll know. Either by May, 1st of June, it has enough roots to keep it going. Mm-hmm. It's formed enough roots to underneath it to recover, or it will vaporize in the heat. The first 90-degree day yeah. in, in June, it'll go, I'm done. I'm not enough roots. I'm perspiring too fast, and it will, mm-hmm. it'll die, or it'll yeah. burn to one side. So it's definitely worthwhile trying to keep it alive. You can always mm-hmm. replace it later. But let's see if we can get it to live right. today. Uh, and you'll know it's just spring is right around the corner. It's just right there. It's, <laughs> let's try it. Like oh, I know. <laughs> but really, in, in gardening terms, it's yeah. it's just a few months off. Right. And, and so let's try to get it to, to recover okay. if you can. Okay. Yeah. Well, really what that is, Yeah. that's a bad, they yeah. put their irrigation on. It's bad irrigation. Didn't root out. They're watering frequently and not very deep. And so that plant was very shallow rooted. And so it literally... 
blew out of the ground. Yeah. That's why we're always stressing. Don't water every day, especially these evergreens. Water once a week and then water really deep. Give Push that water down into the ground so the roots go down after the water. If you're taking a drip system and you're watering every day for 15 minutes or every other day for 30 minutes, uh, it, that water doesn't go down through the root zone, and so you have a very shallow rooted plant. That's when fruit trees will load up with fruit and then fall over. That's when your evergreens will load up with snow and then fall over. It's so important. That's, this is the reason why. You can keep the plants alive with incorrect watering, but you can't get them through a horrific drought, windstorm, snowstorm, and have it survive. They get right. damaged. So mm-hmm. I don't know if we have enough... <clears throat> time for another, another question. question. It's like we're almost out. It's, I know. So just keep quick. talking, dear. No, keep just talking. <laughs> stretch it out. Stretch it out. <laughs> well, we'll have you back with your segment here in just a, just a few minutes. Uh-huh. For now, let's uh, cover a little bit more garden tips, tricks, and advice. We'll be right back. You've been tuned in to Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Austrian pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for fall planting. This pine has the same long needles as our ponderosa pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from, but the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves her garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she can pick out exactly what she was hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose. But hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Also at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So we've had a fresh cut Christmas tree lot here at Waters Garden Center since the 60s. I mean, it's been over 50 years. We've we've been selling cut Christmas trees, wreaths, garlands, boughs, all that kind of stuff. And this is the big weekend. And really, if you're thinking about a cut Christmas tree, you want to get those this week because they'll start running out. This is the big week. You got a lot of choices, a lot to choose from, even if you're not going to set it up for another week. Buy it now. Take it home, store it up against the house next to the north side of the house. You know, don't don't put it right out there in the sun, underneath the deck. I take mine home, put it underneath the deck on the north side until I'm ready to put it up. But at least I've got my tree. After this weekend, they'll start to be, will run out of sizes or varieties. You just won't have as many choices. Trust me, there's a tree shortage in the marketplace this year and the tree lots will run out. From the big boxes to the the warehouses to 
your mom and pop garden centers, we will run out and there will, there will be a shortage. I'm telling you, that's going to happen this year. It's just, there's, that's what, that's rumor on the street and that's what we're seeing. Uh, the other one to watch is the quality has really shrunk. Uh, there's such a, a marketplace shortage, the growers, and here's why the growers during the downturn, they stopped plugging trees and the average Christmas tree is about eight to 10 years old. And so you just count back. When was the downturn? About 10 years ago. Growers said, oh, I'm going to go out of business. I'm not going to grow more. I'm not going to plant more trees. I'm not going to invest another hundred grand and another eight acres of trees and then harvest in a year. I'm going to hold. I'm just going to wait. And so this is playing out right now. You're seeing this shortage in the marketplace. And that's why. Watch your quality. And then really, too, watch how they were harvested. Many of them, they were cut a month, a month and a half ago. They'll cut them, bundle them. They'll dip them in some preservative. They'll float them in a, in a pond or something. And they'll ship them off to your mass market. So if you've got to fill 100 box stores, try 1,000. Try 5,000 box stores. You've got to have all of them hit their, get their Christmas trees all at once. And you're trying to coordinate this. You can't just cut them and then ship them and then expect them to be fresh. So check the freshness and the way you do that is you rub your hands across a branch. If it's got a bunch of needles jumping off, that is not a fresh tree. That was cut a month ago. And it's going to dry out in your house too soon. The other one, the way I do it, if I'm helping customers pick just the right tree, I'll pick it up. And if it's between one or two of the a couple trees, they're picking out a Nordman fir or a Fraser fir. Uh, what they'll do is I'll go, well, let's just see which one's fresher. And I'll pick it up. And the heaviest one is the freshest one because the trunk of a tree is like a huge straw. And the more water that trunk holds, the fresher it is. As it dries out, the tree becomes lighter and lighter and lighter till finally it's, you could lift it up with one hand. And that tree, that's at the end of the year, um, that tree's dried out. It's not going to recover. And a dry tree doesn't rehydrate. Only a fresh tree, you take a fresh cut, put it on the bottom, put it in your Christmas tree stand, put some warm, lukewarm water, it takes up warm water better than cold water, and it will take up that water. A dry, crispy tree will not, it stops taking up water. It's kind of like the veins in your arm shrivel up and dry, and once, once that, that limb gets gangrene or, or just dries up and doesn't, it's dead, it won't, there's no way to rehydrate, to enliven that that limb again trees are just like people so that's some secrets for you i could tell you you've got three real good varieties that do well at a higher elevation of dry climate uh, fraser firs they last the longest bar none i mean they just they last they'll go till mother's day and still have their needles on there it, it's crazy because uh, of the way that there's the way they hold on to their needles they just do a better job of it. They've got a two-toned needle, blue on one side, green on the other. They just have this interesting look, but they're not for everyone. Some people want a traditional green Christmas tree layered with branches. That's going to be your noble fir or your Nordmend fir. These are two chubby, large trunks, large needles. They hold a lot of moisture, and so they tend to last for you throughout the year. They just last. Those are the three main varieties I would say look at, especially if you're buying it this early. 
that's a that's a long time. You know, three four weeks to have a Christmas tree up and have it last. Oh, that's hard. The other ones to watch for would be I would say Douglas fir, balsa fir. These are very fast growing types of trees, and so they're usually less expensive. They're usually very chubby with lots of needles on them, and they dry out very quickly. I mean, they're harder to decorate, but they're, they look like a big teddy bear. You just want to hug them. But they have so many needles, they dry out just really fast. So those varieties, I would probably this early, I'd stay away from them because they're, they're just no way to make it to Christmas, New Year's with a Christmas tree. Uh, they'll, they'll dry out too fast. The others don't. Balsifer, the same way. They're cheaper, they're slender, and they dry out faster than the Fraser fir, Noble fir, or Nordman fir. So I've got a phone interview coming in right after this with the Yavapai County Shriners. They're raising toys for their Shriners hospitals, for the children's hospitals. Uh, the kids need toys. And so all weekend here at Waters Garden Center, we're here helping them. They're going to call in and tell us all about the kids, what's needed, how we can help kids that are in hospitals this weekend. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Center is showcasing this week's Plant of the Week and my fresh-cut Nordman fir. With five different varieties, from pine to fir, I assure you not all cut trees are created equal. Nordmans are related to our native fir. The soft green needles adorn dark green branches that defy gravity, even with heavy ornaments, and stays fresh. A big tree is just $89 and only grown here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love super fresh Christmas trees love to shop. New to the area with your dream home on the inside, but surrounded by boring? A castle surrounded by rock is just so bland, but we can help. At Waters, we have a team of plant experts ready to dress up and decorate even the most boring of landscapes with something fresh, new, and evergreen. Plus, we deliver and plant for you. Designer plants with the experts to help you beautify your new abode. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just hears her garden thoughts. And I did hear word last week that I said at Christmas parties this week starting up, Ken... You talk too much. Let your <laughs> wife talk. That's kind of the word on the street. So I'm going to purposely try not to talk so much this week. And it's oh, no. all you. I can't handle that because I'm used to you just. So I only have to say like five words. And yeah. <laughs> then you cover the rest. So, I'm not sure I can talk for a Well, let's second. see what you can do. Lisa and I have the opposite of what most couples have. <laughs> I must get my 20,000 word count in or I feel bad. And you don't need more than 10. Don't words. need to even talk today. It's just <laughs> fine. I'm perfectly happy. So anyway, <laughs> and we're making you talk, fill airwaves up with the with, with content. Talk about sharing gardens. Yeah. My goodness, that'll do it to me. Any garden? Any uh, good ideas this week? What you know, point well, sodas or? I was gonna. Christmas? I'm gonna give a short lesson on some of the Christmas plants. So poinsettias okay. yeah. and Christmas cactus. Kind of. How did they come to be? Why do we have poinsettias? Oh. Tis the season, great. Yeah. And there's actually kind of a really cool tie-in 
with poinsettias and Prescott. Oh, I had no idea. I can't I wait. You've even baited me. I can't wait. <laughs> so the poinsettias, beautiful red plant. Now they've got it where it's pink. It's uh, you know red and white together. They've Probably changed have it. Six so varieties in the store right now. It's, it's crazy. Crazy how much they've Fun. changed it. But the original poinsettia, the it's red green. poinsettia, <laughs> came from Mexico. Okay, so it was found there. In Mexico, it was brought to the states in 1828. Okay, and the gentleman that brought it to the states, his name was Joel Roberts Poinsett. Ah, French guy. I don't know. Whatever that is, you think it's French? If it's not French, and I'm offending my French friends, I'm sorry, but (laughs) I'll go with it. (laughs) He was the first ambassador to the New Republic of Mexico. Okay, so he was there visiting. He saw it. He's kind of a plant nerd kind of guy. Saw it and went, oh, wow, that's really cool. So he t- took cuttings of it and he brought it back to his home in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, love it. And then from there, he gave it to some of his other friends who were plant nerds. And it just kind of got started going here in the States. Wow. So at the time, it wasn't called poinsettia. It was actually, it's in the euphorbia family. Right. So it was a f- euphorbia. So, but as with most plants, you rename them, the people that find them, blah, blah, blah. So in 1837, the plant was renamed. Let me guess. La poinsettia. <laughs> so it was named poinsettia in honor of Joel Roberts Poinsettia. Got it found right. it. Very cool. But then this is where the Prescott part comes in. The gentleman who renamed it, his name was William Hickling Prescott. Yeah, gotcha. So he's the one that renamed it in honor of... of How cool is that? I had no idea. He's the one that we named Prescott from. Right. We named the town after him, but he's never been here. Never been here, but we named the town after him. Yeah. Um, And he was actually quite the gardener. He was very much into gardening, botany, all that kind of stuff, and also very much a historian. He did a lot of... uh, tracking of history and all that kind of stuff so oh, wow that is interesting, huh? super interesting shoot if it were me to do it all over again i would name a town after him <laughs> well, maybe prescott arizona i'm sure his name was prescott prescott yeah. you know yeah, over time we've made it prescott yeah well how fascinating I know, so you can cool. grow poinsettias all the colors he probably introduced the red variety oh, I'm not, sure not the did. not the pinks and the golds yeah. and the ambers no and no, the, no no i'm sure he just did the reds and, I, you know, and be, he would be appalled by blue poinsettia. Just well, absolutely. And the thing is, there is no true poinsettia. That's been sprayed. Yeah, well, true blue. Yes. Yeah. Now, the, the pinks and the whites, yeah, those are true. But a blue one? No. You know, we should introduce a purple one. Just go down to Joanne's, get some floral paint. That's all it is, yeah. is paint, a spray paint. And spray paint That's purple. Sacrilege. We'll start selling. Sacrilege. It truly is kind of, it's not, Yeah. But you know what we do have in the store right now? It's really cool. Is a purple anthurium. Oh, now really? anthuriums are usually red. Mm-hmm. They're the you see them in Hawaii a lot. I think they're the Hawaii. Is that state the one flower. with the heart shaped uh, mm-hmm. uh, flowery kind mm-hmm. of thing with the long stamen coming right. out? Oh, neat! But it's purple. There's one that's purple. Oh, it's really cool. We should probably have one of those at our house. <laughs> 
just because to, that sounds really neat. I know. It's really, really pretty. You, you think, can you kind of go, eh, not sure, but it really is an attractive, yeah. attractive one. But anyways, I don't know when the first colors of poinsettias, when they started mucking around with the colors. That'd be interesting to I'm sure to they've see. been hybridizing, cross-pollinating, yeah. taking cuttings from one and put it on the other. They've been doing that for since the beginning. Yeah. That's what plant people do. I'll bet right. poinsett started doing that right yes. away going i wonder oh that's let's go several yeah. and it starts to pollinate and you start to see different colors you're going oh that's neat i'll try that one i'll bet it was the ecky paul wasn't yeah. it paul ecky he yeah. was really got the poinsettias going huge yeah. houses of them and yep that was huh. the 50s and 60s right and they're still going yeah i think the ecky yeah. family still has they still introduce i don't think the yeah. original founder i don't know all the history someone will tell either. me if i we'll say the out. wrong thing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> But anyways, that's the short history of the poinsettia and how it relates to Prescott. Now, the other plant that people will buy a lot for the holiday season is the Christmas cactus. Yeah. And do you know where the Christmas cactus come from? Cac- uh, Mexico. No. Uh, I'm guessing South Africa. <laughs> no. Uh, New Zealand. They are found in the coastal mountains of southeastern Brazil. Oh, I, I, would, I was going to guess they're next. <laughs> Brazil. Sure. Yeah, so, and they're the type of plant, and I, there's a name for it, and I can't remember what it is, but they grow on trees, and yeah. they grow on rocks. Like an orchids. Yeah. Like orchids kind are of kind of that, that way. Thing. Yeah. I forget the name so of what So they're a parasite. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <Could> be. <laughs> Anyways, in the Northern Hemisphere, which is us, we call them Christmas cactus. Sometimes they're called um, holiday cactus. Yeah. There's another... Uh, Thanksgiving cactus, Thanksgiving cactus, Easter cactus, crab cactus. Yeah. In the southern hemisphere, they're called the Mayflower. Oh, they bloom they in the May. Bloom in May. Yeah. See, you that didn't doggone angle, sun stuff. <laughs> wow, seasonal change. But really, really fun. We had a gentleman in the store yesterday. Had brought in a Christmas cactus. It was having a few little issues. It had been his grandmothers it was over 90 years oh my goodness old. wow was, was it the original it was, yeah. was it huge or he's trans he's, taking cuttings he's off taking of it cuttings and, and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff but 90 years old is crazy they can last that long mm-hmm. and it probably bloomed 90 of those years for him yeah. so yeah. it's just consistent mm-hmm. but how fun is that pass it down it's part of your inheritance my son i know some folks <laughs> they'll take cuttings off of their ancestral mm-hmm. Christmas cactus. They'll take cuttings and repot them, mm-hmm. uh, grow them, and then they'll give those as gifts oh, to yeah. family members, to friends, mm-hmm. housewarmings. They'll grow them off. So they're planning. Yeah. They'll do that in spring, get it to go, and then give them as gifts. How neat to give yeah. this. This was my grandmother's, and now I'm going to give you a piece, piece of this. Piece of it. Yeah, the history there. So easy to grow, too. I mean, yeah. they're kind of one of those real forgiving plants because they don't need a ton of water. Yeah. Uh, so there's kind of one of those ones you can throw in the guest room or you know, yeah. in a room you're not in a lot and kind of forget about them, and, and they're perfectly happy. The secret with Christmas cactus is a little bit cooler nights mm-hmm. in a darker room, and then let them go dry before Christmas, a couple months before Christmas. Let them get colder and darker mm-hmm. and keep them drier. Stress them, and they'll go, oh, no, <laughs> I'm going to die. I better 
bloom. Right. And so they're trying this, this, you can trick them into blooming. We've got mm-hmm. a handout here at the garden center, right. how to get Christmas cactus to rebloom, how to get a poinsettia to rebloom. They're free. Yeah, throw it away. Get well, a new one next year. Some gardeners can't, <laughs> I just can't do that. So we got tired of asking or answering the question. We said, here's a handout yeah. for a hundredth time. Here's the handout. <laughs> it's just easier. It's available online. Yeah. At watersgardencenter.com. Just type in at the up search bar at the right, you know, poinsettias, and it'll just pop right up for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So that was just a little history on those guys. But another little tidbit of, of one we have in is a um, topiary lavender tree. Oh, neat. If you want, I think it'd be a wonderful house or hostess gift or Christmas gift. So check those out too. So poinsettias, Christmas cactus, amaryllis, anthuriums, lavenders. And some other stuff available. <laughs> All the holiday plants are here at the Garden Center. So love it. Thank you so much, Lisa. Very interesting history. Thank you so much for filling the time for us. Mm-hmm. Unless people will complain about me talking so much. <laughs> All right. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. A phone interview coming up next with Chuck Leon with the Yavapai County Shriners. And a toy drive we've got going on. And how we can help the kids that are find themselves in a hospital this weekend. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Okay, maybe after decades of the same fruitcake exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition. A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season. When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment. Or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed. As your family tree grows, have a tree that grows with your family. From Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. All right, so I've got a phone call in to Chuck Leon. He's with the Yavapai County Shriners. Uh, all weekend, this weekend, we are raising, uh, trying to get toys, gather toys for kids that find themselves in the, in the hospital over the holidays. We're raising toys from all weekend up front. From 9 to 5 here at Waters Garden Center, Chuck is calling to give us an update on what the Shriners are doing and why they're raising toys and what they do with them. Hey, Chuck, welcome to the program. Well, thank you again. It's my pleasure to be here and talk about my, our organization, the Shriners. Many people have heard of us. They see us in parades. We're tra- traveling along with our little cars and different things. true thing behind the Shriners is the fact that we have 22 hospitals in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. And those hospitals serve children 
of all ages up from birth to 18, of all different maladies, different things that they have, cleft lip palate and so forth. There is no cash register. We serve the families on an as-needed basis. So these children going to any one of our 22 hospitals get Class A service. We only hire the best. That's that's great. Now, 22. I didn't know it was 22 hospitals. There's there's none in Arizona though. They're they're in Utah and California and kind all, of all, all sprinkled. So uh, you're gathering kids. You you're the local clubs are curating or or, or I guess filtering right. and going. This is a kid in need. We need to get them to Utah because they specialize in cliff palate or brittle bone or whatever their specialty is, exactly. you're actually helping. So how many kids do we have here locally? Or how many clubs are there in Arizona and how many kids are we serving? Well, in Arizona, uh, up in the northern part, which we are, we're the only club right now. Okay. Well, we have Prescott, Prescott Valley. We have clubs in Bullhead uh, City. We have, uh, of course, down in Phoenix. Phoenix is our central El Zariba Shrine is our central headquarters. Gotcha. And then we also have a headquarters down in Tucson. Oh, okay. So and we have clubs in the southern part of the state. From the state of Arizona, there's probably a couple thousand children that we treat. Gotcha. And our various hospitals. Again, our closest one is Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. Nine years up there. Gotcha. What is that like? So you've served on the board of a hospital, a yes. Shriner Hospital, yes. trying to cure, trying to Make it better for kids, specializing in children. Exactly. What, what, how how did you get involved with that one? Well, I've been a Shriner since 82. Okay. And I've uh, been in and out of different uh, capacities and positions, but it's close to my heart to help children. And uh, as far as the board at the hospital, we oversee the functioning of the hospital. We have a regular administrator, uh, hospital staff, doctors, and so forth. The board's purpose is to oversee the operation and the fact that the children receive Class A treatment. So I was looking at your website just a bit, and it's not just the children. You're focused on the whole family, trying to help them through this process. Absolutely. Because children do affect moms and dads and uncles and grandparents, and and you're creating environments that... We bring the family into the process. Yeah. They're not left out. All decisions are made by the family on behalf of the child. But they know right from the get-go just what's going to be done, how it's going to be done, and what the outcome is intended to be. Yeah, that's amazing. So, and I I was looking at some of the photos. I mean, it screamed. I mean, the difference between our local hospital and a children's hospital is you feel like you just want to go play, even though you're going in for some terrible surgery or it's life-changing, but it feels like you should be there as a child. Well, let me give you a couple of uh, little stories. Uh, I was at the hospital at one time uh, visiting, and this uh, mom came in with her uh, child. With, I guess she was about seven, eight years old. They went to the elevator. He pushed the button to go up to the upper floor, and he said, I'm home, Mom. Oh, really? That's pretty now, good. When a child can say they're home in a hospital, yeah, you know that they're being taken care of. Yeah. And I had another case uh, where I lived in Cortis Lakes. A young boy lost his uh, left leg to cancer. And I found out he had a wooden peg leg. 
I said, that doesn't work. Wow. So I made arrangements for him to go up to Salt Lake. He was uh, fitted with a regular good prosthetic leg. And about four years later, it just so happened that the family moved in right behind where I was living. Really? And I went outside one day and I hear this chuck. And I look, there's a voice. And the chuck. And I look again and there were some bushes between our properties. And here this head pops up. Yeah. I said, hey, what's going on? And I looked through the bushes, and he's jumping on his trampoline. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. And about two months later, his dad called. He says, we need another leg. Really? Very active. Wore it out. He wore it out. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, just recently graduated from high school. That's great. And he's had about nine different legs. <laughs> I'm so impressed with the Shriners doing and their main donation. I mean, you like to get together. and uh, but their main donation are these hospitals and then changing lives, changing kids and exactly. the families' lives exactly. through these different hospitals and different disciplines. So uh, my heart goes out. One of our, here at Waters Verdon Center, our, one of our things is children. I've got four kids. Sure. Uh, we love leadership and all this. We have different things we stand for, but kids. Kids are our foundation in a community. And you all are making a difference. So we have this toy drive going on this entire weekend. In front, we've got the Shriners with multiple boxes and you can bring a toy for the kids that have need have needs. So That's right. When they're in the hospital uh, environment, it's uh, not easy for the parents to uh, have an opportunity to really give them a Christmas. Yeah. But that's what we want to do. We we make Christmas for the children. That's great. So now what kind of toys should they bring? So they should be unwrapped. So we will you go yes. we'll wrap them for them yes. so they can and then we want new toys, not not used. So That's don't right. don't go through the closets. That's bring right. something wrapped. So you yeah. want something to go a kid to go, wow, this is particularly so. uh stuffed animals. Oh really? And stuffed animals are nice and they're handy, however, they have to be new with a tag. Yeah. Unwrap that way we can see it, and then we'll take care of it from there. So toys, and then school supplies, art supplies, sure. I mean, backpacks, or any of that kind of stuff. All those can you got you anything that a kid would enjoy? Enjoy, enjoy or need that? And, and is there a price or value that is there limits, or are you just smaller is better, bigger is better? Well, what is a your limit? A limit would be electronics. Okay, because um, some of the current electronics. They need um, additional items oh, to go with them. That makes sense. So unless it's a complete package, got it. We prefer not to get into the electronics. Sure. So Nintendo, whatever yeah. things, yeah. then you got to have eight games to go with it. Kind exactly. of sense. better to have board games. And we're dealing with children. Remember, from birth to about eighteen okay. years of age. So this weekend, in front of Waters Garden Center, both Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 5, those are our hours, Great. you can come in and, and the Shriners will be right out front. I said, hey, the source is yours. Enjoy. Ask folks. I think sometimes we don't ask enough. We don't ask folks for what the needs are. And, and the Shriners need toys for kids in the hospitals. Bring those in and shake a hand of a Shriner and any websites or places where they could go donate or someone needs a tax credit yeah. and go donate to the hospital? Tax credits would be great and greatly appreciated. Again, uh, we treat the children regardless of the ability to pay. Gotcha. So the funding for our hospitals is very important. And the fact that we do take real care in having the best surgical sure. procedures available. Shriners.org gotcha. will give you the uh, basic uh, 
what, however you donate. You, yeah. you can donate there, and it's yeah. a non-profit, 501c3, yeah. all that stuff. You see of our advertising on uh, the various uh, channels. That's awesome. Hey, thanks so much, uh, Chuck Leon, for being here with the local Yavapai County Shrine Club uh, and the Toy Drive that we're doing this weekend here at Waters Garden Center. Chuck, have a Merry Christmas from uh, Lisa and I to you and your wife and your family. Thanks Likewise, for being here. Likewise to your family. Yeah. It's my pleasure being here representing our Shriners for Prescott, Prescott Valley. All right, the Mountain Gardener, we will be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Waters with this week's Plant of the Week, our True Blue Fat Albert Spruce. At just 15 feet, this is the ideal evergreen for small gardens, excellent in front yards with limited space. The color is so blue all year long with the perfect evergreen shape and just $74. Dense, durable, and loves the sun, so it works well as a windbreak, screen, or sound barrier, and only found at... Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, for people who love the perfect blue spruce, love to shop. The Grinch went to Waters and couldn't believe his eyes. There were cut trees in every shape and size. He could take one home and then toss it after the season. Good! And then he saw living Christmas trees that grow and grow. So it seemed a good reason. A beautiful living tree and have waters plant it because of his bad knees. Have the merriest of Christmas from all of us here at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to the Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Yeah, I had mentioned at the bottom of the hour, Christmas trees, fresh cut trees. I know not everyone's got a fresh cut tree. Some of you just don't care. Uh, but but if you do, or you have friends that are, are thinking about buying a cut tree, and they're putting it up in their yard, okay, we've, we've got in their house, um, there is a product that you can spray on the foliage, spray on the needles that will keep them from drying out. Works great on uh, fresh cut wreaths, uh, boughs. It's actually an agriculture product. We sell it here at the garden center for hollies, uh, yews, things that dry out, uh, um, hydrangeas, uh, things that dry out fast or they're stressed. We'll spray it with this clear coating. It's an anti-desiccant. That's the industrial name. Uh, the actual product name is called Wilt Stop. But if a plant you put in the yard and it starts to wilt, you can't water it. No matter how much you water it, it just wilts. It's drying out too fast. Uh, we'll spray it with wilt stop and it's like putting lotion or a sunblock or, or it seals in the moisture that plants, the plant can't, they, they can't perspire. They perspire like people. Uh, So the plants will, will rehydrate the amount of, of moisture the leaves put out. If it can't keep up, it gets wilty. Well, we use this for hollies and things that are stressed out. It works especially well on cut trees, wilt stop. It's very inexpensive. It comes in a spray bottle ready to use. It just spritz the foliage. And every time Lisa and I put up our tree, we do a fresh cut tree every year. I don't like the smell of dusty plastic. I don't know. Just I love the shape. I love the look. I love the ease. I don't like the, I'm allergic to dust. I'm just, I don't know. Just don't want that. 
So we do fresh cut Christmas trees. I'll take it first the night before, spray the entire thing with Wilt Stop. And then I'll bring it in the next day, put the stand on. And always put a fresh cut on the bottom. You want to open up. What happens is when that chainsaw goes through initially to harvest the tree, the average tree is probably 8 to 10 years old. You, you harvest it now. And then that, that's, it'll seal over, much like when you, when you have a scab on your arm. You're, you're, uh, you make a cut. Uh, that, a tree will seal over, scab itself over as well. And if you just don't make a fresh cut, it won't open that up. And so the plant can't take up moisture through that sealed cut. You want to put a fresh cut on the bottom and you want to put it in water within a few hours, but by the end of the day, and it will take up more warm water, warm. That's what you want. Lukewarm water, not hot, not cold, warm. It will go through the pores through that tree better. It'll take up more water faster with warm water. And then the other last bit of advice I can give you for cut trees, especially the preservative, they go, would you, would you like some preservative with that? The answer is always yes. It's worth the buck 99, two, three bucks, whatever it is, buy it. It works better than adding an aspirin, seven up, Sprite. There's all kinds of wives tales that are out there. And none of those work. Actually, um, Soda cans, soda will actually clog up the pores. They take in less water. Don't do that. Uh, the preservatives have proven to allow the plant to take up more moisture longer, and so your plant will stay fresher longer. It's the best minor. You're going to spend 100 bucks for this beautiful cut tree. It's worth the 2 3 bucks for the preservative. The other thing I do, I put a tree bag underneath the stand, and at the end of the year, when I'm all done, it's going to lose some needles. And I don't want needles where it was all the way to the front door and then to the driveway. They're just drop. I put a tree bag underneath it. And before I move that at the end of the year, I'll put this huge trash bag is what it is, put it up over the plant. And it just it allows me to get that thing out of my house without trashing my house. They're like five bucks. They're worth every penny to make your life easier. Trust me. It just it just makes life easier, and I'm all about ease. Well, that's it for this show, folks. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Love helping folks with trees, Christmas, living, cut, whatever, wreaths. May we wish you and yours the merriest of Christmas from Lisa and I and the entire team here at Waters Garden Center. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves her garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she can pick out exactly what she was hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose. But hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Also at watersgardencenter.com. Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them. At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success. We're wild about wildflowers with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big, bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers, and winter's a season to spread new seed. Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. 
Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.